What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbind, joined on this special Friday edition of All Steelers Talk by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Derek Bell, living it up in Florida right now, enjoying Disney World with his daughter. Let me, uh, it's a beautiful day in the Berg. You know, how you doing? Hold on. Let me, uh, let me ask this. Would you go to Disney right now? And if you would, would you do anything but hang out in Epcot? No, I don't, I don't think I would. I'm not, you know, I went when I was a kid with my dad. Um, I went when I was like four years old. And it was pretty sick then. Um, but I don't know. Disney kind of kind of weirds me out. Like you see like Disney adults on like. Disney adults I, I scare me. Yeah. I, like I hope there are no Disney adults who, who watch the podcast. But like my those, brother, my brother's a Disney. Really? Adult. Interesting. Yeah. I'm sure he's a nice he, guy. You want to know what he tells Yeah, he's the best. He's the best man in my wedding the whole night. But he when you ask him, he'll just be like, the mouse makes me happy, man. And I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, cool. I respect it. Creepy. Super creepy. Yeah. Hey. Like a lot of, yeah. Whatever makes you happy. My thing's not mouses. Mm-hmm. Mice. Well, it's also like, well, isn't there like the, the Star Wars thing at, at Disney now? Yeah. Like, yeah. Which I, I, heard I would Star do Star Wars thing's cool. I would yeah. do that. I, that seems cool. Yeah. Um, you a Star Wars guy? You watch Star Wars? I was when I was younger. My, my roommates are like big time. So I like watch sometimes nice. some of the like shows and stuff with them, but no, not, not as much anymore. Um, but I, I still think it's cool. Like I enjoy watching the movies and all that. The, won't lie. I've never watched Star Wars. Never watched any of them. You've never watched any of the Star Wars movies. Not even on accident. It's never, never even like been on TV and you've just. Nope. And my whole family is like Star Wars nerds. Like they love it. Love it. My dad like would have Star either Star Wars or Star Trek on like every day growing up. Never yeah. watched it once. Hmm. Same with everything. Like Lord of the Rings. Didn't watch oh, Lord never, of the Rings. Yeah. And every everybody watches that in my house. Yeah. I just avoided it. I was just like, nah. Interesting. Nah, I'm gonna go watch football like a man. Yeah. <laughs> Mess me up, you know? Mess me yeah. up. Because if we're being honest, I would have much rather like Star Wars at this point in my life than football. But you know, it is what it is. Either way, appreciate you being here Friday. Filling in for Derek. Hopefully he's having a blast down there. For everybody listening, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. We got a, a great a great show for you. Plenty of news from the Pittsburgh Steelers. OTA's week one has wrapped up. Plus, a special guest that, you know, I can't stop. I've been smiling all day, all day long <laughs> waiting for this one. It was it was an honor to have my man back on the podcast. You guys will see who it is in a little bit towards the end of the episode. Uh, talk some Arizona Cardinals, if that didn't give it away already. Talk some uh, Marcus Golden, maybe another Cardinal that could head to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll dive into all that and more. Let's start with OTAs. Week one has wrapped up. It was exciting, but three days, helmets and shorts, not really a ton going on, kind of like an acquaintance thing. Do you expect week two to kind of to get a little bit more intense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Um, I'm actually really excited. You know, I think you're going to start to get a little bit more clarity on who the Steelers are really, you know, valuing as, as guys who will will step up and be leaders. I think that'll start to materialize more. We'll get to see more of yeah. these new guys. Like there are tons of new faces and a lot of them are going to play huge roles. Um, so I'm, I'm just really excited to see how they all kind of fit in and how this team starts to materialize because it, it just keeps getting more real with every passing week and with every, with every minute these guys spend on the field together, you, you get a better picture of what the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to look like in, in 2023. So, you know, I, I'm really excited about that. I'll ask you, you know, what were your kind of biggest takeaways from, from OTAs this week? You know, it, obviously it's a limited, a limited way to view the team, but you know, it was real football for the first time in a while. Yeah, it was real football. I think that was the biggest thing is that, you know, it was, it was real football. Like you got to see guys like Najee Harris and Jalen Warren and, 
you remembered everything that you were excited about last year. You know, last year we made the big deal out of Najee Harris's quads. Were, you know, thighs of thunder. Here it is. He's about to lead the league in rushing. Uh, Jalen Warren kind of made himself known at this point. Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, um, George Pickens. At this point, I, I look back, actually, I, I Googled, you know, just like OTAs, takeaways from last year, just to see like what happened, what we missed a year ago. And May like 27th or something, I did a podcast called George Pickens is already a star. And I was like, this is spot on. Like, I, yeah. I just want to let everybody know that I was 100% accurate. So thank you. Just Believe everything get I said. the record straight, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you should read the comments. The comments <laughs> are just straight. This guy's an idiot. What do you? T- it's May. What are we doing? I was like, all right, everybody relax. You know, just give me a couple of months. Boom, here we are. I would say this year, uh, the big things in week one, at least, are like simple. You know, Calvin Austin's back. I talked to him. You know, he, he feels pretty much 100%. He's excited to get out there. I think what's cool is he talked about like, Last year, he was around so much compared to some guys get hurt. They kind of disappear. They're not really with the team. He made sure to be around enough where it kind of felt like he was there for a year. He just didn't get to play. So he did get to learn a lot. Kenny Pickett is hyped about this guy. All he kept talking about is, you know, Calvin Austin's going to be a huge part of this offense. Calvin Austin's so explosive. Can't wait to get him on the field. Very excited about Calvin Austin. I, I think Calvin Austin's in for the year that we expected a year ago. Like the the mm-hmm. flash in the pan, this guy is going to make exciting plays he's going to be a part of the offense but now he's a little bit more mature he's still got to get hit you know like those in live in-game hits are different than training camp hits or anything else once he gets hit a couple of times gets adjusted I think things are going to smoke roll smoothly Uh, the biggest one for me I think is Jalen Warren like talking to Jalen Warren he's just a lot more confident in year two compared to like I remember last year talking to this guy and he would tell me like when I run into a hole I close my eyes because <laughs> I just black out like it just and in this series like I you know I understand what's going on he feels like a part of it he's always second in line with these drills uh when they're running individuals because so you kind of know like he's the number two it, it's just building off of him and, and Najee's connection which is cool and then there's obviously Kenny Pickett which you know Kenny Pickett year two bulking up apparently which you you could tell but you can't like you can't tell you know Mm -hmm. it's not like like joe burrow everybody like is like this guy is so ripped i'm like "Eh, is he or is he just wearing a sleeveless shirt you know it's kind of like the same thing with kenny pickett it's like this guy was big last year he was skinny He was definitely skinnier but like he's not ben roethlisberger walking in here it's not like it's like oh huge it's just like it's may you didn't have to go through a draft process chances are you're you're gonna bulk up a little bit so that you can slim down during the season but he looks more comfortable the offense, you know, sounds more fluent. They, they feel very prepared. Um, I, I just think that this year compared to last year, like a year ago today, we were figuring out everything, trying to learn everything. And I think that's what kind of made week one a little boring is that this year it's like we know everything. We know what's going to happen. It's just it's just building on top of, right. you know, trying to build the success. Instead of put the puzzle together, it's like, how can we win? Yeah. And uh, I think that's what's exciting about week one. Yeah, it's like, what does the puzzle actually look like when it's all put together? Yeah. I remember just talking last year, it was all about, I don't think they had a starter on offense who was older than 26, maybe it was. Yeah, yeah, Mason, Mason Cole was the oldest one. I want to say he was 26 years old at the time. Maybe he's 27 now. Yeah, yeah. now it's, but even now it's like, what, Siamalu, I guess, would be yeah. the oldest at like 31 years old. But besides that, everybody's under 30, Yeah, which is wild. Yeah, and you just even like, a bunch of guys taking one year forward in their development, like taking one step forward, getting one year older. Like you think about how much that matters for guys individually. And you just think about putting that together collectively. And I don't know, you still get excited about the potential, you know, and you know, just time, time doesn't heal all wounds, but it's, you know, it's just exciting. It's going to be exciting to see 
how these guys put it all together. Um, because I, I, I don't know, just like there, there were so many flashes last year of, of what that offense could be. And yes, we're getting even closer yes. to kind of really seeing what, what this offense is like when people are out there fullest potential. Yeah. I think one thing that was really cool that kind of struck me today is Allen Robinson talked about, Oh, well, George kind of reminds me of me heading into my second year. And then you look back at Allen Robinson's second year, he was in Jacksonville. It was the only time he made a pro bowl. It was when he like, kind of like welcomed himself. Like this guy's going to be ridiculous. It was 1400 yards and 14 touchdowns for Allen Robinson's. The Steelers threw 12 touchdowns last season. <laughs> Total. So if, uh -huh. if George Pickens comes in here and he has the Allen Robinson year, like this offense is going to be wild. But just the, just like think about that. Like George had 800 yards last season as a rookie. Allen Robinson's first year, he had like 580 or something. Yeah. So you already beat him out. He's got Deontay Johnson. He's clearly got a better offense. I mean, it was like right. I, it might have been Blake Bortles. At that point, I couldn't even tell you who the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jags were, yeah. Jaguars were in 2015. Kenny Pickett's coming in year two. They have a year connection. Deontay Johnson's there. Allen Robinson's there. They added Darnell Washington. Calvin Austin should have a place like it's just so many weapons around you to not be the sole focus. And if you could still have that season like wild, wild and like who George was last year was a, was at the beginning of a superstar. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a full superstar this year, that's a whole other level. Absolutely. And, and this, that kind of reminds me of something I saw Patrick Peterson say either today or at, at some point this week. But Patrick Peterson was really humble saying this is cam and tj and minka's team he was talking about the defense but i think it applies here too yeah. but he's like i'm just here to take some pressure off of them i'm here to make some plays and and let them really be stars and i feel like that's kind of the attitude that that alan robinson can uh or you know it would be really helpful if he can bring that if he can say look these young guys deontay johnson he's sort of young but uh but you know george pickens and kenny pickett and Najee and, and jalen warren and calvin like this is the future right here. You know, I, I'm a little bit, not, not an accessory, but I'm here to help them. You know, like I'm not the, yeah. the center of attention here. If we can kind of help these really talented young guys find their potential. And if I can take some pressure off of them, if I can teach them, if I can, if I can be helpful in that way, uh, that's how this team is really going to be at its best. Yeah. I think it's crazy, like crazy. And I, I kind of acknowledged it today talking to Isaac Siamalu that, the Steelers, like literally, they just went out and said, okay, we need a mentor here. We got one. We yeah. need a mentor here. We got one. We need a mentor here. We got one. And all these guys are like, th like they had to have those conversations. You know what I mean? Like right. Patrick Peterson, Allen Robinson, and maybe not A-Rob because that was his trade. Yeah. But Siamalu, all these guys had to have those conversations with Tomlin and him probably go, look, we got these young guys. We want you to be a part of this. We want you to to, to get your reps and your snaps and and have your catches or whatever. But we also want you to develop these guys to be the next generation of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think every single one of them is like, yeah, let's do it. You know, let's just make everything better. Here we are. It's 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 a 180. Like to who the Pittsburgh Steelers were a year ago and who they are right now is wild. It yep. seems like a veteran team. Like it seems like a team that's, you know, built its way up. And here it is ready for a run. Young quarterback. Again, like it's just the pieces that the pieces of the puzzle are there. Right. Like it's just. It's a hundred percent there. And they've been through the fire a little bit. You know, you think about all the close games that they yes. played last year against good teams, like these young and guys won. and those teams, those games that they won. Right. Like this team has been tested a little bit. These young guys have been mm -hmm. tested, like whatever they're going to face this year is not going to be new, you know? Um, yep. They kind of took yep. their licks last year, especially in the first half of the season. And now they get to kind of return the favor and, and they can start to, to build towards what are the, 
they can start to try to become one of those teams that beat them up in the first half of the year. Yeah, exactly. And I think that they have all the pieces to do so. Uh, in that, they added one more. Marcus Golden comes in here, 32-year-old edge rusher out of the Arizona Cardinals. Again, we're going to talk to uh, an unknown name in <laughs> 10 minutes or so yeah. to end the episode about Marcus Golden and somebody else that I think the Steelers could target from the Arizona Cardinals. Golden comes in here, kind of a down year last season, two and a half sacks, 11 sacks the year before coming off the bench, which I think is significant. He started all year last year. Obviously, Chandler Jones wasn't there. There weren't there weren't the names. The Arizona Cardinals stunk, so that's always tough to do. The year before, eleven sacks off the bench when it's Chandler Jones and JJ Watt in front of you, which again I think play you know that that's something to pay attention to. That's not something to ignore. He comes here to, in here to work behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Do you expect good things? Do you expect? Did you look at this? Were you were you impressed by the signing? Well, when I first saw the signing, I was kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, this is just some yeah. This is like whatever. This is a we'll see if it works out thing. I don't know. I'm much more optimistic after kind of looking through the stats and doing a little bit of digging into Marcus Golden. Um, I think, like you said, coming off the bench and getting 11 sacks, that's that's a little ridiculous. Like, double-digit sacks off the bench is... Right, and he's going to be in a similar situation with Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt taking up a lot of attention and also, you know, mm-hmm. Cam Hayward. Like, he's he's going to get limited snaps, but he'll have good opportunities in, in those limited snaps. You kind of wonder how many snaps there are to go around. Uh, for those kind of reserve defensive linemen, because like I said, like TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith have to be on the field. But yeah, you know, it's it's it's. I'm much more interested than I was maybe a, a day ago, or whenever the news news actually first came out. Yeah, so you know, sixty two years ago, he played sixty seven percent of the team's defensive snaps, which like that's a lot. I don't think you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he played what six hundred and eighty two snaps in twenty twenty one. I don't think he's gonna get that in Pittsburgh. But 11, 11 sacks and 682 reps the year after, 781 reps, and, and his production went down. So he clearly doesn't need like the, you know, like he doesn't need, he doesn't need all the all the reps to be productive. As long as he's on the field, you know, he can make some noise, which I think is significant, something that you were looking for for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think really overall, it's like an option that if it works out great, if Nick Herbig shows that he's just an absolute monster, cool. Like mm-hmm. the Steelers have no pressure to say, Hey, you're, you're not the guy. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Like you're now the fourth, um, kind of different. I would say than Bud Dupree, like when Bud Dupree was coming here, it was like, this is Bud Dupree. He's the third guy. You're not going to pass up. Bud Dupree is the third guy. Now I kind of look at it. Like, it's just like an, like he's a tryout guy too. Like he, he's not coming in here. If he was coming off 11 sacks last year and was like the dude in Arizona, you come into Pittsburgh and you're like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, this is, this guy's this guy's not going anywhere. But two and a half sacks, thirty-two years old. You're kind of just wondering, like, okay, does he have enough left in the tank? I think he does. You know, I I think that he, uh, I think that he could put up good numbers. And, and like, there are other things too. Like, yeah, he he had what was it, twenty-six? No, twenty. Excuse me, twenty quarterback hits last season. So he clearly got back there. His pressure rate was higher than it was the year before. He, he's done good things. Uh, I think that he. He's he's kind of the perfect option without really any pressure, um, which is the big thing. There's another name I want to bring up from the Arizona Cardinals that Bleacher Report, and you know we take that with a grain of salt. Bleacher Report has said should be a trade target for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I guess he's a linebacker. Some some say he's not a linebacker. The person I'm about to talk to says he's not a linebacker, but maybe he is a linebacker, but also maybe he's somewhere else. 
Isaiah Simmons, Arizona Cardinal, 24 years old. Didn't realize how young this guy was. Mm-hmm. Former eighth overall pick three or four years ago now. This is his fourth league in the our year in the league. He got benched last season, but he also had two interceptions and four sacks. Option for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Impressive option for the Pittsburgh Steelers, or just like, eh, no, this is stupid. Don't talk about it. I don't think it's stupid. I mean, look, like, yeah, he's a little. He was a little bit of an underwhelming prospect through these first few years in the league, but I, I think there's some obvious talent there that you can't ignore. There's some versatility that's really intriguing, and also, like, I don't know. I, I do kind of take real early seasons for someone in the Arizona Cardinals system. I take him with a grain of salt too. Like, yes, I, I don't know. This is not the most well-run organization in professional football. I, I think a change of scenery could really benefit Isaiah Simmons, and I think there's a world where he moves to a different team with some veteran mentorship, where he uh, can maybe come off the bench again and and be just just have a little bit less pressure on him, quite honestly, and yep. and really kind of transform his career and turn it around and and realize some of that. Some of that talent that made him, would you say the eighth overall pick, right? He was. Yeah, eighth pick. Yeah. In 20, 2020, yeah, 2019. I, I do remember. Yeah. I, I remember him coming out of Clemson. Like he was supposed to be the next, next big thing. Yeah. He was it. Yeah. You know, like he was the, he was the first. Like, I don't want to say he's the first, but he was like, you didn't know what he was. You know, right. you're just like, this dude's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's all we know about him is that he's the best player on the field when he's on the field. We don't really have a position for him. I agree with you, though. Like, I, that's what I said in my to go today is or yesterday excuse me is that you come to pittsburgh that's that's a whole other world like to say that it didn't work out in the arizona cardinals and that's the reason it's not going to work out in the pittsburgh steelers it's a it's a totally you're going to walk into pittsburgh first off like there are names in in arizona i get it like you're going to learn from buddha baker last year you would have learned from jj watt you come to pittsburgh you got minka fitzpatrick patrick peterson cam hayward tj watt alex highsmith larry ogan joby demonte kz keanu neal like the names are endless it is ridiculous the veteran depth that they have on this team so to say and then a landon roberts if he's going to play middle linebacker is also there so you're gonna you you know like there is no pressure isaiah Mm -hmm. simmons comes to pittsburgh and he's not like a he's not a superstar he's not the guy that has to make it he's not the eighth overall pick He's a guy that they traded for that they hope turns into something and has a ton of potential, which again, I agree with you. Like, I think, I think you just, you, you make that change and it's, it's huge. I think finding a position for him is, is yeah. big, but as you know, we're going to talk about here soon. There's a belief that maybe his best spot is a nickel slash slot corner, which I think actually works even better for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like if they're going to approach this guy and say, Hey, come play slot corner for us. That's that is the move like that is the in my opinion that if you're going to clear up a spot, if you're going to make the last big splash, go get a guy that can play inside linebacker and nickelback. Yeah. And I'm just interested what his kind of market rate will be, you know, like Mm -hmm. eighth overall pick, but underwhelmed. Like how much are you going to actually have to give up to to get this guy if you really want him? What do you think the number is? I, I would say like so let's start like a third round pick. You think a third round pick is too high? Do you think the Steelers would give that up? And do you think that that's like, I, I feel like starting point, you think higher, lower? I feel like that's a good starting point. I, if I'm the Steelers, I would give up a third round pick for, for Isaiah Simmons. I get the feeling the Cardinals would ask for a little bit more. Like they'd really play up the, well, you know, eighth overall pick. And, you know, a few years ago, still really young. Like, yeah, we have a plan for this guy, whatever. Uh, But if they can get him for a third round pick. I'd 
part with that in a heartbeat. I feel like. Are you going higher? I'm, there's no way you're giving up a first round pick for Isaiah oh, Simmons. No, no, but no, you're no, giving no. up a second. Second gets dicey. I don't know. I'm. You, I, I feel like you could maybe do a pick swap for a second. I don't know, but like. Yeah, like a get a third. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Send a second, get a third. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe a third and a fourth. I'd be tossing out there. Mm. Second, you're right. Second, a second round pick is. I mean, that's Joey Porter Jr. or Keanu Benton, and I'm taking both of those guys. Right. Over Isaiah Simmons, like hands down. Just it, it, I get the potential is different. The player is different. But, you know, I'm going to take a guy that I could start fresh with and say, well, we don't know if this guy's not going to make it. Isaiah Simmons, you're like, so far, he has not made it. Right. Maybe, maybe that turns around. But I do. I get it at 24 years old. It, interesting. Interesting. You think there's like a real. Uh, you think there there's any interest from the Steelers there? Hmm. I mean, maybe. I mean, so you'd have to like kind of. Uh, I'd I'd want the potential for him to be. I I think if he was on the market, if they Steelers knew that he was definitively on the market, and the Steeler and the Cardinals were actually actively shopping him, there would be interest from the Steelers. But how much interest and whether that's actually a realistic possibility, I think remains to be seen. But I think if he was on the market, if he was on the table, they would absolutely be interested. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree with that one. All right. With that said, we're going to dive into a special interview. Very honored to have this guy back on the podcast, I should say. And with that, I present to you Donnie Drew. I am so beyond excited to introduce and be here with my boy. Everybody knows him. He doesn't even need an introduction, but I'm going to give him anyone or one anyways. Former co-host of this show, founder of this show, man that all Steelers talk does not exist without now out in Arizona. Doing his thing, killing it with the Arizona Cardinals. Dapped up a man that is now a Pittsburgh Steeler. Talked about Air Jordans. And I think that's all the insight that we need. My man, the one and only, Donnie Drew. And Donnie, I got to say, I've had a lot of guests on the show. A couple of players. You've been here for a lot of them. This is my favorite guest of all time. Been waiting a long time that. for an Arizona Cardinal to sign with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dude, it's been a minute. I can't wait for the content we're going to get the first week of December whenever the Cardinals are in Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, so uh, the bed's already been made for you, by the way. Like, the room's there. I've already told everybody they're not allowed to come the whole month, just in case you decide to stay, you know, a little bit longer. But Jillian's got it on the schedule. The whole nine. Like, the whole nine. I've been – I'm mapping out places we could go within the, like, 36 hours that you're in the city. Very – I'm very excited about it. Very excited about it. How is – how are the Cardinals? How's uh, how's good old Arizona? I'm sure people are very curious about how our boy Donnie Druin has been. Yeah, man, the the rebuild of the Cardinals has gone very well from uh, just a front office standpoint. I mean, they went four and 13 last year, uh, got a new head coach, got a new GM, and I think they're playing everything by the book. So I think 2023 is going to be very ugly for them, but as it should be right. If you're going to tear things up, um, you know, start from ground zero and work your way up. That's kind of the way things got to be. And we're going to touch on a couple of different topics today surrounding them. Uh, but, you know, they're not really in the business of hanging on to older veterans and not really in the business of extending guys and offering money because it just doesn't make sense to make somebody the highest paid player at their position when they're going to win maybe three or four games next year. Are, are they going to, is there like, are the Arizona Cardinals going to end up with the first two picks in the draft? They just might like. because they, they have their own original pick and then they have their pick from the Houston Texans. Um, both teams are expected to finish within like the top five, top six, top seven area around there. Uh, there's a realistic possibility they can end up with like two picks in the top three, maybe even the top five. Gotta love it. All right. So we will dive into 
Marcus Golden, I got another name for you too. First, I do have one more random question that nobody cares about. Is DeAndre Hopkins going to end up in Baltimore? That's really all anybody cares about. I, I don't think Baltimore. It's just because they already got OBJ. Um, they have Rashad Bateman, and then they drafted Zay Flowers in the first round. Um, I think it's a very small possibility just because like they already have three top tier receivers that they covet and they value. Um, you know, plus like the the contract Hopkins has, he's due nineteen point four five million in salary. I don't really think the Ravens are kind of you know in, in the ballpark anymore for that. Especially yeah, I was after say, they OBJ. just paid eighteen mil. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I think Buffalo might end up with DeAndre Hopkins. That would stink too, because if the Steelers are going to make a Super Bowl run, and and you know you haven't been you haven't been around to hear me rant about how the Steelers are going to the Super Bowl, I'm pretty convinced they're going to have to go through Buffalo most likely at some point. So to have DeAndre Hopkins, not really the best option. But DeAndre Hopkins versus Patrick Peterson in the playoffs would be it would be a lot of fun to watch. I wouldn't be upset about that one. All right, DeAndre Hopkins, ball, Buffalo. He's not in Baltimore. Win lose, I guess, for the Steelers. Let's talk Marcus Golden. Signs a one-year deal with Pittsburgh, comes from Arizona. Last year, I want to say a bit of a down year. I didn't really watch his tape, obviously, but he's 11 sacks two years ago, two and a half sacks this past season. You know, what are the Steelers getting? Are they getting a guy that's on you know, the end of his career kind of coming down, or is there an 11 sack season still left in this guy? Yeah, if before we even talk about the stats, I, I want to bring up something that I texted you whenever he first had that child with the Steelers. I'm like, bro, mm-hmm. if he lands with Pittsburgh, you are going to love Marcus Golden. I just mean you as a media member and the fans as well, because the, the energy he brings every single day. His nickname is Junk because he's just a, a junkyard dog on the field. <laughs> like, like what he, a name. He, he loves the game of football. And I, I think that's like a perfect Steeler ad. Like Marcus Golden is a Steeler, right? If he's not going to be in Arizona with the Cardinals, I couldn't handpick a better organization for him to go to. So, I mean, the, the dude loves football, which you go a very, very long way for people in Pittsburgh. When you bring up the numbers, right, obviously the 11 sacks in 2021, uh, yeah. certainly a down year to the four sacks I think that he had in 2022. Um, you also have to kind of take that with a grain of salt. In 2021, he had Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt with him along the defensive front seven. And if you go back and you watch, a lot of the sacks that Marcus Golden got – were a lot of like free runs, right? Just because the offensive line was so content and focused on getting guys like JJ Watt and Chandler Jones blocked. Um, so maybe he benefited a little bit more from that in 2021. I do want to yeah. say though, last year, even though the sack production dropped, he did have more quarterback hits and quarterback pressures in total um, than oh, okay. he did in 2021. So like sacks sometimes can be a, a wonky stat. I don't think it should be the end all be all whenever it comes to getting like a pass rusher and evaluating them. Um, he was still getting after the quarterback last year. He just didn't have the, the golden standard of production that people look for. So that that's good to know. It's good to know that he could be a reliable option. I want to say, is that, is, is it off the bench last year? What did he start? He started 15 of the 17 games, I believe 14 of 17 games. Is he, is he an off the bench kind of guy? Like, is he, you know, like there's certain guys, Benny Snell Jr. is always the one that comes to mind for me, where if you put him in for a whole game, he's going to have a good stat line. If you put him in for a couple of runs here and there, he's not going to have a good stat line. He needs that bulk of carry that, that production to reach wherever he's trying to get to on the field is golden the same way. Can you plug him in for 20 snaps a game? Be reliable. No, absolutely. And I think last year, because last year he played 100 more snaps than he did in 2021, right? Yeah. But the, oh, the, the, okay. the production obviously wasn't there for whatever reason. So I think um, the more snaps on top of like him rushing the passer opposite of 
two third round picks the Cardinals had drafted last year didn't yeah. really set himself up for um, up for success. But in, in Pittsburgh, right, he's going to be either on the opposite end of TJ Watt or Alex Highsmith. I mean, those are two of the best. You can make an argument that he's the best, um, you know, the best pass rush duo in the league right there. And, and yeah. the back and for him to be that that third rotational piece, I think it was going to do him wonders because obviously he's 32. Um, he's not on the right side of 30, yeah. but in a very limited role. And you're asking him, hey, man, preserve your body. You're going to get out there 15, 20 snaps a game. I think you're going to get really great things out of Marcus Golden. All right. Last thing on Marcus Golden I got for you, leadership wise. Talked about how awesome this guy is, how much he's just like a football junkie. Greatest nickname. Second, possibly passed up Monty the Junk. Mullet. For the best nickname, junk. That's just it. Does it's hard to beat junk. It's very, very hard to beat junk. Is he the type of guy to? I don't even want to say is he the type of guy. His leadership standpoint. You know, Nick Herbig's here. He's going to lean on all these guys. Thirty-two year old. He immediately steps in as the veteran in the room. You know, high class guy when it comes to that aspect of the game. Yeah, I think he'll come in. the The biggest thing I think of whenever I think of Marcus Golden is the charisma. Like that dude never yeah. did not have a smile on his face. Like he was always cracking jokes. He he was always like having players gravitate towards him in the locker room. And you know, the, the, we talk about so many people, um, you know, whether it be Pittsburgh and Arizona, who just are bad locker room guys. Marcus Golden yeah. is the exact opposite. I think he'll easily come in i don't want to say he's going to take the reins of leadership away from anybody but he's going to bring his own positive vibrations and his own kind of leadership aspect to that locker room okay i love that positive vibrations out of good old junk marcus junk golden that's my new it's my guy i'm excited for him to get here he wasn't in pittsburgh today i would imagine he shows up next week to otas at some point get a first look at him he's going to enter the mix immediately and be looked at as the veteran behind TJ and Alex Highsmith, exciting stuff. There's another guy I want to talk to talk to you about. There's no, there's no motion. You know, the waves are very quiet right now, but Bleacher Report tossed out the idea, and I like the idea of the Steelers trading for Isaiah Simmons. 24 years old, inside linebacker, question mark. Don't really know where he's going to play. You've been watching him for the last two years. I mean, he's young. He hasn't really found his position yet. Is that on the Arizona Cardinals? Does this guy still have the, that eighth overall pick potential? What do you get in Isaiah Simmons at this point in his career? Uh, the problem with Isaiah Simmons is that he came into the league with a lot of potential, right? I mean, he's looked at as a yeah. unicorn. He ran, I think it was right at a 4-4, a sub 4-4-40, which is the mm-hmm. fastest time I think almost ever recorded for an inside linebacker. Um, you know, could played a bunch of different positions. He played like safety, nickel, boundary corner, like linebacker at Clemson. Like he played a whole, whole lot. And the problem with those guys is that you don't really get the opportunity to utilize them in all those different facets, especially whenever they're yeah. a rookie, because you want them to learn one position and you want them to master it before you go on. And where that kind of falls on Isaiah Simmons is he hasn't really mastered inside linebacker. He hasn't really mastered the, the nickelback role. I mean, he's long, he's rangy, he's athletic. But if you look at the numbers, Noah, when he's playing that inside linebacker spot, his success rate at you know finding the ball carry and actually bringing them down and tackling isn't super great. I think pro football focus, I was 
killing through their numbers the other day and said that the more run snaps that he had played, the worse his tackling percentage was, which obviously is not a good thing. And then you look at him in pass coverage, right? So it's like, okay, if he's not an inside linebacker, maybe we can move him at like nickelback or, you know, safety or whatever. Um, His targeting percentage was not very, very good at all, which shows that he wasn't super great in coverage. Obviously he has the length, the, you know, stay with receivers and bat balls down. But I mean, if you watched him play last year in coverage was not really anything special. And that's kind of like the catch 22 in Arizona. Yeah. He has a lot of potential, but so far that's all he's been is just maybe this guy can be something. And that's why the Cardinals didn't pick up his fifth year option because they weren't going to pay that much money for a guy who could potentially do something, especially whenever they're in the early stages of the rebuild. And they, they don't want to commit to that. Yeah, I totally get that one. Where, where does he? Where do you see him fit most comfortable? Like, if you were his coach, where are you putting Isaiah Simmons? There's talk of him maybe becoming a better edge player. Which, if, if you're a card, if if you're if you're a Cardinals fan, you know that's a really familiar story because Hassan Reddick was drafted to Arizona. They stuck him at inside linebacker. Didn't really do anything. They moved him to edge the last year of his contract. Did great. He said deuces. And then now he led the league in sacks last year for the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles, who played in the Super Bowl in Arizona. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> full, full circle. So there's there's some talk about him potentially being a good edge rusher. Um, early in OTAs, he's been practicing with the defensive secondary, so he's probably going to be that like nickelback role again. No, I don't know, bro. I, I really yeah, I do know. not know where he fits on an NFL field because he, he hasn't, if, if anywhere you're going to keep him in the secondary, just because his, his speed, his length and his range, but like, he's not great at tackling running backs. And when he's been aligned on receivers and tight ends, he hasn't been superb in coverage. So maybe safety might be the way to go, but I, I don't know. And that's the problem is I don't know the previous coaching staff in Arizona didn't know. And it'll be really interesting to see what the current coaching staff under Jonathan Gannon and company think he can do. So that leads me to the, to this. So we don't know where he is. The, the Arizona Cardinals obviously don't have a fit for him. Are they looking to get rid of him? Like, is there real traction that the, the Cardinals would take some phone calls and say, hey, Isaiah Simmons is, is on the block. We will talk about it. I think you have to, if you ask the new general manager, Monty Austin, for it, he's going to give you that cookie cutter. Hey, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's my job if, you know, to answer phone calls. I wouldn't be doing my job if I'm not answering phone calls. I don't think there's any legitimate interest in moving Isaiah Simmons. They seem to be, at least whenever talking to media members, really excited about the potential of what he can do. Uh, but I think not picking up his fifth year was very telling, just in yeah. terms of it's more like a wait and see with the Cardinals at this point. Uh, I would not expect him to to be moved at this point in time. No. Uh, what about what about in the future? Like, what do we? Well, he's a free agent after this year, so I know. But I'm talking I'm talking near future. End of training camp. Still don't have a position for him. Like, are the Cardinals in a spot where they're like, we believe we could actually do something. Let's keep our talent around. Or are they in a no. spot where if the Pittsburgh Steelers called and they said, here's a third round pick for Isaiah Simmons, they're <laughs> shipping out Isaiah Simmons. I think a third round pick would be tempting for them. They don't want to move off Buda Baker, who's 27 years old. Um, so I don't think Isaiah Simmons being 24, I don't think they want to move off of him. Um, I think they really want to see what he can do in Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rallis's new defense before they actually make any future calls on that. I think a third round pick, considering what like Hopkins and what like Buda Baker might go for, that might be really tempting, but. 
All right. All right. Not the answer I was hoping for, but that's okay. Cause I, what I've learned in this conversation is that Isaiah Simmons really isn't that great. And uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of question marks. Maybe well, I was a he can be great. He but can be great. Yeah. But you can't be great the unless problem, great. the problem is, is that he's been nothing but potential. And that's, what's been keeping people hopeful for him is that, Oh man, he's long. He's, he's athletic. He's a freak. He's a unicorn, but yeah. like he's been nothing but potential since he came into the league. What about what about a new environment? Like we talked about new positions and so on and so forth. Right now, you look at that defense and it's Buda Baker, and then it's really like it's just it's Isaiah Simmons. Like yeah. you know, Zay Zay Collins. I guess I don't I don't know if he even did anything last year. Zayvon Collins, um, but they're they're like a couple of names, but they're looked at as the guys. You come to Pittsburgh, you're not the guy. You're not even close to the guy. Do you think that you know think that environment change helps? And it doesn't even have to be Pittsburgh. It could be anywhere. I think Pittsburgh would be a really interesting fit for him because you're right. Like he, like he wouldn't be expected to be the the playmaker for the Steelers, yeah. right? Because you, you have that dominant front seven. You have guys like Minka Fitzpatrick roaming the defensive secondary. Um, who's who's the corners in Pittsburgh? It's Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace. The, right now the nickel is, is quote-unquote filled, but it's not filled. It's Chandon Sullivan out of Minnesota who didn't really have a good year last year. And Duke Dawson, who's been on the practice squad, who's going to get an opportunity as well. But they don't really have like a solidified slot guy. I'd be interested to see what he can do in that nickel role in Pittsburgh, just because you have so much talent around you. And I mean, we, we've kind of harped on this a little bit, but like it can also be a positive that like his versatility can be used um, to kind of be like that defensive chess piece that I, I think Terrell Austin can pretty much move around anywhere. See, that would be nice. That would be uh a lot of fun. I think a change of environment. I don't know. I'm going to hold strong. I'm going to keep pushing the narrative that I think Isaiah Simmons should end up in Pittsburgh, but more, more question marks than I, than I thought at 24 years old, I was hoping that you'd come on here and just be like, Oh yeah, man, he's just, you know, Arizona's defense just stinks. And there's just, when everybody stinks, everybody stinks. Nobody's good. Well, that is a valid point, but at the same time, like him, him on a personal level, like hasn't really shown like if, if if you were going to redraft that was it twenty nineteen? Yeah, twenty nineteen. No, but if this is year four for him, it'd be twenty nineteen. Twenty twenty. Whatever draft he was in. If if you were gonna go back yeah. and redraft his draft class, he wouldn't be a top ten pick. No, probably wouldn't even be a first rounder. Judging off of right now, maybe late first rounder. Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of talent that comes out of draft classes that you realize it's just it's just a lot of oh, there's some upside there, yep. and that's that's all you're looking for. All right, that's not a uh, not ideal, but it's an option for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And in May, when you have few position, I mean, the Steelers have two roster spots left at this point. They're just looking for anything in slot corner and inside linebacker. I guess are, in my opinion, the biggest needs for this team. I think you could possibly fill both of them. It'll be interesting to see. Donnie, appreciate you. Don't want this to end, but I know. as everything. You know, we got to call it a day. Thank you guys for jumping on. Everybody go check out all of Donnie's stuff over at allcardinals.com. What's your YouTube? Is that just all Cardinals as well? Yeah, all Cardinals. All Cardinals. and Giving away a Kyler Murray jersey soon, by the way. So, Is that worth big money in, in Arizona? Are they still Kyler Murray fans over there? 50-50. People hate him. People love him. <laughs> he, he's by far the most polarizing dude I've ever seen. It, it's wild polarizing in a good like Ben Roethlisberger was the most polarizing dude for a long time but like you know what I mean like it was like it's like oh I hate Ben but I love Ben you know right but people people hated Ben but they like respected him as well because he brought yeah Super yeah it's Bowl like I, I this guy's gonna win I can't stand him 
Is that dude, the same if, way if you took a straw poll of like 100 people in Arizona, 50 of them would be like, dude, like Kyler spends all day playing video games. Dude sucks. I don't know why the Cardinals still have him. And then the other like 50% of the people are going to be like, oh, well, you know, he's really talented. His team just sucks around him. But what about what about now with the what's what was Gannon's thing when he saw him? It was like zoom 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 bow bow. You know, <laughs> yeah. You're gonna do all those things. Remember that's, the video? That's the perfect Jonathan Gannon. Impression. That was exactly that's what he did. You, you didn't see the video where he just no, he just saw Kyler. He's like bow bow bing 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 bing. That's you know new Kyler, new Kyler, new coach, new everything. It's exciting stuff. All right, everybody, make sure to go follow Donnie on everything. Check out all his great stuff. Go win a Kyler Murray jersey. I appreciate you, brother. Hopefully the Steelers make some more moves so that we can do this more often. But uh, for the time being, everybody go check that out. Thank you guys for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. Check out all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com. I will be back on Monday. Peace.